Welcome to the First Draft Club, a podcast to help you write your book with joy, clarity, and maybe a few coffee stains. If you're working on a novel or a memoir, whether you haven't written creatively since seventh grade English or you have an MFA in creative writing, this podcast is for you. I'm here to help you fight through resistance and finish your draft. I'm Mary Atkins. You can find my novels when you read this and privilege at your favorite bookstore. If you live in Nashville, you might run into me at the local farmer's market on a Saturday morning. I'll be the one chasing the two-year-old who's just stolen the bell that signals the start of the market. That is a true story. Each episode, I pick a favorite question from my weekly word shop, not workshop, but word shop, with my course students to answer here for you. From how to write when you aren't inspired to how to get an agent, I'll share my tools and tactics for tackling questions that all authors face as we make our way to the final page. Each episode is short. We get in and get out of my closet, literally, which is where I am recording right now, so that you can get back to your life and your manuscript. Now let's finish your book joyfully. Dear Mary, we've talked a lot about the protagonist's journey, but I've been wondering about the importance of having an antagonist in the story. How vital do you think it is to have a quote unquote villain? And could you have an element be the antagonist like nature? All right. I've now written and sold three novels along with a number of short stories and plays, and I have never once thought the word antagonist while writing. I haven't thought about the antagonist as an idea. I haven't used it as a guide. I just has not even crossed my mind. Now, in retrospect, I can see that some of my work has a clear antagonist. Privilege, my latest novel, for example, is about a rape. And so the rapist, Tyler, is, you know, arguably a pretty cut and dry example of an antagonist. (laughs) But even in writing Tyler, I wasn't thinking of him as an antagonist. I was thinking of him as um, like a damaged boy who takes out his power issues with his father on vulnerable women his age. So I think what this question is getting at is what is the conflict at the heart of the story? A story has to have has to have some conflict. If you know there is an exception to this, I haven't found it. Because there will be some people who disagree with me, and that's fine. People can have different definitions of story, but the the definition of story that that I operate based on and that I employ in my own work and teaching is that a story needs a conflict. Now, the way I write and the way I teach writing is to focus on what the dilemma is at the heart of the story, not who the bad guy is, but what what the deeply human and tormenting question is inside your main character. Um, what what is that what is that question that that the character must answer in order to in order to find peace, in order to move forward in life. A question that can carry a full novel or memoir is one that is that is a dilemma, one that is hard to answer. If you pick up your favorite book, um, your favorite narrative book, 
you'll discover, I think, if you if you pay attention, if you look for it, that there's there's a question at the heart of that story. And most likely it's a question that has that has multiple conceivable answers. Um, and by that I mean I mean reasonable people could differ on the answer to this question. Here's some examples. Can a vicious person be redeemed? Can we truly recover from trauma? Will ambition ultimately lead to someone's demise if it's not in check, if it's not checked? All of these questions are complicated. Again, like reasonable people with with good hearts who are caring and, and empathetic and thoughtful could have different takes on them. They could say yes. Or they could say no, and they could have reasons for that. And, and you know, you can imagine situations where, where either answer might be true. And so a truly thorny and, um, and difficult question like this is one that can anchor the conflict at the heart of your book. Okay, in sum, I, I think the conflict at the heart of your book is best articulated as a question rather than um, stated as a, as a person. This conflict might be manifested through a person who you could call, if you like, your antagonist, but it could also be manifested through a phenomenon like racism or a hurricane or unrequited love, some force that the the protagonist is fighting against. All of this is to say, I find it more useful to think of the conflict at the center of my story as one of ideas rather than as one of people. Because ultimately, when people conflict, it really is a conflict of ideas, right? Like, we wouldn't have conflicts with people if they thought and acted and, and believed exactly what, what we do. I think also that one reason I don't find thinking of antagonists as useful is that ultimately, your main character, or, or you're also known as your protagonist, greatest enemy is themselves. So any antagonist is just, it's a red herring or, or a device. I mean, it can be a device, um, but ultimately it's a projection. It's a means to, a means through which your protagonist will discover what they need to, to discover. Finally, I think of thinking of a character as an antagonist can be a little bit dangerous because it can it can seem to justify two-dimensionality, you know, um, to think of a particular character as a villain may, you know, may, even if it's subconscious, guide you to think, oh, I don't need to adequately complicate this character. I don't need to humanize this character or make them a well-rounded and complex individual with a backstory and reasons for doing what they're doing and vulnerabilities and um, emotions of their own. Whereas if you think of the conflict as a bigger human question that's touching on all of the characters and the, the ideas behind that conflict are colliding through the behavior of the characters, I think it creates a lot more space for complexity and nuance in how they interact with each other. Now, I work with a lot of genre writers, so I know there are probably some people listening who are thinking, but I write thrillers or I write mysteries. I have to have a villain. Okay, great. You know you have to have a villain, 
But I still think it can be a productive exercise to think of that villain as a manifestation of a bigger conflict of ideas. I think it'll help you create a richer dilemma, and I think it'll help you resist presenting your villain as more two-dimensional than they need to be. So in sum, rather than focusing on identifying who an antagonist is, I would suggest asking yourself, what is the what is the deep human question at the heart of this book? And here's an extra tip. I recommend choosing a question that you don't know the answer to yourself. Okay, next week is our last episode of season one, and I'll be recapping all of the lessons covered in this season. I'll also be giving you a peek of what's coming down the pipeline. So stay tuned. As always, thanks for listening. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the First Draft Club. Subscribe and leave a review and I will adore you forever. And if you want to submit your own questions and attend these sessions live, you can join our community of authors by going to maryadkinswriter.com. That's Adkins with a D, like donut. And if you want to attend my free masterclass on how to finish your book in five simple steps, just go to maryadkinswriter.com slash masterclass. That's maryadkinswriter.com slash masterclass, and you can watch it instantly. Happy writing. See you next week.